that that was like don't look. almost 30 minutes of us fucking around <sighs> jesus h i know that was that was embarrassing but we're here we're a little pissy <laughs> i think it's my turn this week it's the perfect time it's the perfect time the everything's perfect time. fine yeah um did you work today uh no my i worked like i worked five days as one does and then i have wednesday which is today and tomorrow off and then my schedule's really weird oh that's nice yeah. what did you do today um well, I watched some clips of Arcane, which I still think you should watch. It, it's too scary. It'd be way too scary and mature for the girls. It's which on one's Netflix. Arcane? It's on Netflix. It's about two sisters. It's very, um, you know, just give it a shot. Oh, okay. I don't like. I don't <laughs> think you'd like the first. Like the first two episodes are kind of like meh, whatever, but it okay. has a really cool kind of magic. Uh, slash so it's like a little fantasy a lot of sci-fi uh, it's animated but it's really well done and uh, it slaps as the kids do not say anymore yeah kids are over that <laughs> um, weren't you telling me about another show that you were watching based Warrior on a video Nun? game or something oh no the last of us okay is that good yeah yeah it is so good um, it it only like a couple episodes are out, but they did such a great job of just capturing the the trauma, I would say, and some oh. of the humor and the darkness. Where where do you watch that one? Uh, that one is on HBO or oh. you could pirate it, I guess. <laughs> we don't endorse pirating. We are not pirates. Uh, Riley, we spent like half of our we're, childhood on Winmix. We're not sp- <laughs> We're not sponsored by pirates. Oh God, Winmix! If pirates <laughs> sponsored us, I would take the money. <laughs> yeah, we need money, guys. <laughs> Send need... us your money. <laughs> Send us your gold doubloons. Ahoy! Um, did you ever watch Game of Thrones? Uh, I made it. Uh, Kelsey and I made it through to I think season five, and I just got. I just got really tired. Like, it's a lot of stress for watching a TV show. It is a lot. Um, The only reason I mentioned it is because I think the actress in the show you were just telling me about was in Game of Thrones. Okay. I'm thinking of the right person. Yep. What was her character's name? She was like, like a mini queen or something. Yeah. I don't, I don't remember. I don't know actually if we got that far, but she sounds like a lot of people are complaining that she doesn't look exactly like ellie from the video game and here's like something fucking wild is when you make a video game you can make people look however you want uh (gasps) and i know in real life much harder to cast for that (laughs) but she sounds so much like ashley johnson who voiced the character and the reason why she's not playing the character is because ashley johnson is an adult woman and looks like it and the character is a 13 year old girl so you know fair enough but what is crazy is the actor, uh, I wish I knew any of their names, um, the actor that is playing Joel looks crazy like Joel in the video game and sounds a ton like the voice actor. And then um, the actress who is playing Ellie sounds a bunch like Ashley Johnson and has just been doing a phenomenal job. So it's really good. It is, you know, it has like uplifting moments, but it is dark. 
spoil I'm going to give you a spoiler alert just so you don't get mad at me for not telling you about it. A child is shot in the first episode and they do die. Oh, okay. Well, thank you for the heads up. <laughs> well, I could just see you like texting me angrily that I didn't warn you about. <laughs> Why? <laughs> yeah, it's it feels weird being like it's tasteful. But <laughs> I mean, I don't know. They like they, it was acted really well. I I think uh, I think you and um I can't remember if we're saying your husband's name, but I think the two of you would like it. Okay, I'll see if they'll watch it with me. Yeah. His name is David. <laughs> David. David. Should we start? Yeah. This is my episode, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> and it's about Boy Meets World this week. Let's ruin our childhood. Let's ruin our childhood. Let's do it. So Boy Meets World. Um, did you watch much of this when we were younger? I don't remember. Yeah. Yeah. We watched it a ton. I also think mom and dad watched it with us. Oh, shit. Okay. I have a horrible memory, so I couldn't remember if this was something we watched together or not. So, fantastic. Okay. <laughs> well, yes. It was definitely something we watched together. Good. Good memories I have of those times. <laughs> Apparently, yeah. <laughs> us together. <laughs> so many memories. Well, it premiered on ABC on September 24th, 1993. So you would have been one years old. Yeah, I was going to say I would have been a year old. I was going to react to that, but I was drinking water muted. I, I had <laughs> no idea you. it was that old. It, I know. Were we, were we watching during like reruns or something? I think we might have been. Um, and I'll get to that later because, okay. yeah, Disney acquired it later. And it would have made more sense timeline wise that we were watching it then. Yeah. Because yeah, I would I mean, have only been how old in 1993? I would have been four, so it yeah, would like have been interesting to me. Yeah, I don't think I don't think it would have been our choice of programming. Um, it was created by Michael Jacobs, uh, and he was asked to create a new series for the 12 to 14 year old demographic to fit in the TGIF programming block. Remember TGIF? Oh yeah, remember there was a Olsen twins show during that. There we we watched so many TGIF shows, and I remember like that whole vibe of like it's friday night we get to watch all the good tv yeah even sometimes dad would watch and pretend to think it was dumb but you know he laughed that was kind of his mo with most shows that you mom and i were watching together yeah. so he would just kind of like lurk in the background yeah <laughs> pretend he'd be like, he wasn't watching this is dumb and then you'd realize he had been there for like three hours watching will and grace yes that's what i was gonna say will and grace and um that eight simple rules show he really really ended up loving yeah oh that was remember yeah. yeah that was actually a pretty good show maybe we should oh we should put that do we have that on our list i don't think so you should put it okay. on the list let's put it on the list that was a cute show we'll see if I, it holds up i still need to pick my episode so maybe i'll do that i probably won't. maybe you should <laughs> <laughs> that's why that's why it's your episode this week <laughs> You know what? We're flexible. We adjust. We're millennials. It's fine. Um. Oh, oh, trivia questions. Okay, I almost was going to give you the answer to this one because I forgot what I was doing. Um, <laughs> do you know what Boy Meets World was originally going to be titled? Oh, I do feel like I've read this before, and I remember it being really bad. 
Oh God, no! I remember it being though like it. It felt very '90s and hokey. So there are kind of two answers to this. So it's sort of a trick question. So according to William Daniels, I will be referring to him as Mr. Feeney this whole episode because that's the only way I know him. So Mr. Feeney was on Pod Meets World, which is like the official Boy Meets World podcast. Mm -hmm. And he said, and I trust him implicitly, that it was originally going to be titled Eleven. What? That which is okay. dumb. Yeah, and that was yeah. essentially what everybody said was like, well, that's dumb. Yeah, that um, is a terrible idea. It was also known, but I don't know if this was like an official title or just what they were calling it until they had the title, but it was also known as the Ben Savage Project. That, yeah, I mean, that kind of sounds like an unofficial title. Well, that was kind of my thought, too. So I'm wondering what you heard, though. Well, I also could just be full of shit and thinking I heard something because I read a lot of trash online. Yeah, I mean, we all do, so. Yeah. Oh, sorry, right now I'm just trying to adjust. My foot has fallen asleep so bad, and it makes me worried about what that says about my posture and body and circulation. I wouldn't uh, think too hard about it. <laughs> I try it's, not probably it's probably fine. It's probably fine. I don't know. I, I can't remember exactly what I thought it was, but I thought it was something that just was, like, really long and hokey but I could be thinking about something else so either way this is a terrible story on my part because I don't (laughs) even have a name it's fine but like 11 like I get that it was supposed to be about an 11 year old but how did they think they were gonna like carry that on was it only gonna last one season yeah it just it doesn't it doesn't tell you anything either about about the show so that was a good call Yeah, and I just got to thinking I should have looked up how they came up with the name, but I did not. So that's all for you to research on your own and have a fun time on Google or Wikipedia. Um, Next trivia question. How was Topanga's character named? Ooh. um, Okay, I'm going to... I'm gonna make. I'm just gonna spitball because I have no idea. Um, okay. I think there is a real place called Topanga, so I'm going to pretend that it was like a producer was from there and was like, "My God, I love Topanga. I'm going to name this pretend child after it." <laughs> You're actually not far off. Hell yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, so this is another. <laughs> this is another one that has kind of two answers because people have conflicting stories. Yeah. So the it's series creator, yeah, <laughs> lore. Uh, the series creator again, Michael Jacobs, supposedly was driving past Topanga Canyon in mm-hmm. Los Angeles when um, production called and said, "Like we need a name for this character." But there's also a story that the character's creator, name unknown, I don't know who this woman was, I couldn't find her name, uh, gave the character this name because Topanga Canyon was kind of like a known hippie hangout in the 60s um, and since she was supposed to be kind of like a flower child. So based on the little reading I've done of Mr. Michael Jacobs, who may not be the nicest person in the world, I do sort of wonder uh, if his story is correct. But those are the stories that are out there on the internet. Yeah. Um, I could be wrong. I'm not trying to throw shade on Mr. Jacobs. No, I'm going to throw shade. Okay. I think he's a liar and is jealous <laughs> about the Topanga lore. And so he's been trying to just throw wrenches and in its history. Well, it's been nice knowing you guys. <laughs> <laughs> and 
You know, that would actually be our podcast has like three listeners. There are three episodes <laughs> out and uh, MJ uh, decides to come after us. Honestly, I would welcome it. I'd be like, thank you. You probably brought like three entire more listeners here. You know, that's a good point. I just don't want to deal with any financial losses because <laughs> we have no financial. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As my uh, bank keeps reminding me via text, I'm like, I got it. Assholes. Yeah. No, I need to, I need to lower the amount that it alerts me where it's like, you're under X amount. I, I've, and I've done that over the years because I just am deeply broke. And oh then I'll gosh, buy like a, my soul. I'll buy, I bought like a candy bar the other day and I was like, Hey, just so you know, you have this much left. And I was like, Jesus Christ, and I get it, okay? Like, I get it. Oh my, my God. I have bills that I feel like um my medical bills, like, they've just given up on, like, getting the money from me. Because I've told them, I'm like, I am broke. I don't even have insurance. Like, what, what do you want? So every now and then, like, every six months when they're like, hey, we're going to send you to collections, I'll pay, like, $20, and then I'll be like, yeah, I'll keep paying, don't worry. And then in six months, after they've been like, no, but seriously, or somebody from collections calls me, I'll be like, no, I paid it. I'll pay $20. That. (laughs) You look devastated. I thought this was funny. It's not funny. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I'm deeply uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm sorry to mean to make you. You're dying over there. We are a family and un- uncomfortable laughter. <sighs> I'm laughing because I just think it's funny because it's just, I mean, it's been oh like this gosh. for years. So you just kind of adapt and uh, not overcome, I guess, but you just adapt and uh, you get screening so that the collectors just get sent to avoid. So do you know what Corey's full name is? <laughs> you just break your tooth on the microphone. You don't have money to pay for a new tooth. So no, be I fucking really careful. <laughs> it's like middle name. I know his name is Corey Feldman. You know his name is what? Is it Wait, is it Corey Feldman or is that? No. Wait, who's Corey Feldman? Corey Feldman. Hold on. I'm bringing Google because I'm pretty sure Corey Feldman. Hey, Gremlin. (laughs) Oh, Corey Matthews. Okay, but what's his full name? Oh Christ! Is it is it going to be like a girl middle name? No. Okay, I don't know why I thought it was something like that. It seems it just seems like a '90s joke they would have done, like Corey Michelle Matthews. No, I, I totally, Corey Marie, I totally get where you're going with that. Actually, I don't even know the full middle name. It's a, more of a, what is his full first name? Oh, I, I have no idea. Okay, well, his full name is Cornelius A. Matthews, <laughs> which is unfortunate. That is, yeah, I too would go by Corey. Yeah, Corey's better. Uh, this is my last trivia question. Do you know why the high school they went to was named John Adams High? You're not going to uh, know. These are just fun. <laughs> I'm stumping you. Is it named after, is it like an inside thing where it's named after somebody that somebody knows on like the production team? It's actually named after Corey Feldman. <laughs> I'm just kidding. 
<laughs> I was like, really? Oh, that, that doesn't even work out with the letters. I'm dyslexic. I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't. It just, I'm still laughing about that. Um, it's named John Adams High because Mr. Feeney played John Adams in the 1972 film, which is actually called 1776, which was very confusing to write. Um, and he originated the role on Broadway. He's like a for real legit actor. Oh, I yeah. Which makes sense because he has a great voice. He does. He should. I would. I would prefer if he was recording our parts. <laughs> we should just have him do that. <laughs> He's like in his nineties now. Oh no. I know. I know. I'm. I'm worried. Yeah. Um, he was just on the podcast. Okay. I was trying to look up because I wrote this down somewhere, but clearly not in my actual notes, which would have been a good place to put them. Those were my trivia questions. You're welcome. I did really bad on all of them. Mm-hmm. That was the point. Yeah. <laughs> I did really bad on the Sailor Moon one. So You did. No, that's true. I did okay <laughs> last time. Yeah, you did. Oh, yeah, you did okay on Newlyweds of all things. Yeah. I used a uh, deductive reasoning, I think. Would it be called that? Did you say deductive or detective? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know anymore. No, I think I said I said de- deductive, I believe. Yeah, that works. Okay, this hold on, sorry. I, this is a terrible deductive reasoning is the mental process of drawing deductive inferences. Wiki, you should know better. You can't use part of the word in the definition. No. Because if someone's looking it up, no, that's stupid. I hate when they do that. We're going to talk about the original cast now. Um, This made me really sad, and this is why I drew the conclusion, or I deduced, (laughs) that (laughs) Michael Jacobs, in fact, might be a bit of an asshole. Um, He actually threatened to fire Daniel Fischel, who was Topanga, after her first rehearsal. Oh. She was a child, FYI. The first actress who was cast for the role, because she wasn't actually the first one, had already been fired. Wow. Okay. So again, a child. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And apparently his critique of her acting ability had mostly to do with her talking too quickly. Uh, And he told her, quote, all I know is if you don't come back tomorrow doing this entirely differently, you are also not going to be here. Unquote. It's like, I will fire you like I fired that little girl the other day. <laughs> I fire little girls and I'm not afraid to do it again. Pretty yeah. much. I So I read, um, I'm glad my mom died. Yes, that's such a good yes. book. Okay. And I just, I think my favorite thing, by favorite thing, I mean, not actually, I despise it, but is how media that's made for children how it just like sucks the children dry that makes it like like a evil vampire and then you know it just markets it and gets a lot of money and then once those children are traumatized uh it just gets newer younger children i know it's so messed up because especially in her case when she had a parent who obviously wasn't advocating for her oh yeah and was actually very toxic it's like no one is watching out for these kids. Like nobody has their best interests in mind. Yeah, it's it's something that I, because with like my very small, 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 very indie, like I guess you could say background in um, like sh- films and 
I mean, mostly short films and stuff, but there's been a few things where like I was looking at making them and it required like casting kids. And it was always something just really weird to think about because I mean, there are, there are lots of regulations that I'm, I know people get around, but there are a lot of regulations about like how long they can work and, and things like that. But I was also just thinking of like in an indie production, I wasn't quite as worried because it would be, I mean, this is indeed not in the like, like, Oh, th- th- this has like a million dollar budget. Indie. this was like, you know, $6,000 indie. Um, but still just being like, uh, I don't know, like you're having children do a profession and that's right that's just weird I mean like right now like your daughters can you imagine if they were actresses and like they they would be like doing a professional job and they're not even out of elementary school right well that's the thing they still have to get an education so yeah it's like they're little adults like they're going to work Monday through Friday and then they're doing school on like the weekends or whenever they can Yeah, I think it's made it, uh, like, just, I don't know, how I look at, the more these stories come out, uh, like, how I look at Nickelodeon and Disney and just a lot of things that are made for kids and predominantly star kids, just thinking about, like, I hope the conditions are better, but, like, I I would bet money that in some cases, maybe they're a little bit better, but it's probably just hidden better or bad in new ways. Or really yeah. dependent on the production and on your guardian. This is a bit of a tangent, but Sarah Michelle Geller, who I love, whoop, whoop. she rocks. Um, sorry, I'm getting like really winded. I think, I think this posture is not good for me. <laughs> By this posture, I mean sitting up straight. <laughs> okay, well, I was like, you're sitting. <laughs> yeah, I don't like it. Okay. Um, so, anyways, uh, Sarah Michelle Geller is now. Um, producing and uh, on a new show I I don't think it's come out yet but it was really interesting I think I thought I sent this article to you and mom where she was talking about her time on Buffy and she's kind of in the place of she's not going to share everything that happened on Buffy but there are there's a little bit you know there's some more details out and it pretty much um, seems like she tried to stick up for herself and others and people were like wow what a bitch and now she's on a show that very much like Buffy has this very young cast and there was one story she talked about that a crew member offered to give a cast member like a back massage or something or like a shoulder massage and I believe I believe um the cast member because she she said she gave out like her personal information to all the cast members just to be like if something happens if you need anything type of thing and the person was gone like the next day so good yeah so I'm glad that uh, you know I hate that it's like people who have been through it are now the ones who are responsible for stopping it because that's like the shittiest thing but it was I don't know it was like it was really cool to read that I don't remember where I read it it could have been People, Vogue, I don't know, one of those. Vogue people. Vogue people. Um, but it was a really interesting interview, and I, I really I really like her. I like her a lot, too, and I'm excited to 
um, see her show because I didn't realize that she was doing that until just recently when you and and Mutt were talking about it. And this whole show was like made up of actual kids. I mean, not the whole cast. There were definitely like high school students and stuff that were for sure 30 year olds. But like the main cast was like you were literally like growing up with them. Like they were kids when they started this. They were almost the ages of the people they were playing. Yeah, which is, it's like, it's a really cool experience as an audience, mm-hmm. like, because I remember watching it, and it was, you know, it was cool seeing kids my age, and these, you know, it, it felt more like a make-believe scenario, it's supposed to be somewhat realistic, but obviously, you know, like, TV, but it was still really cool, um, yeah, no, it was, it was cool seeing kids that, like, it's cool seeing your age, so kind of like with Harry Potter, I think, I mean, it made it more relatable and it was really cool to, because the series went on for so long, to age with the characters. And I also imagine that's like just a gold mine for production because you keep your current audience and then probably grab others along the way. But yeah, just as like a viewer, I remember like really finding that aspect relatable and the fact that it did seem like the kids were actually the ages they are playing unlike how there are like a lot of shows where I mean as you said there are like teenagers who are played by 30 year olds or like you're like that's not 11 year old that's that person's like 19. So we're gonna move on from poor Topanga who I love to Ryder Strong. Um, He was actually the first actor to audition for the role of Sean and got the role so like it was him from the get-go um and ben savage who was Corey, obviously was already under contract with abc and was just asked by jacobs to be the lead of the show so i mean and i couldn't figure out what he was under contract with abc for already i mean both he and Ryder strong were already like child actors um and then uh why did i just blink on the name i just said and i scrolled down too far Ben Savage. <laughs> um, his brother is Fred Savage, who was obviously already in the Wonder Years. So, I mean, it seems like their family was probably pretty well connected in that area. So, that makes sense. And I'm just making assumptions. Oh, well. um, Ryder Strong's older brother, Shiloh Strong. I know what a sweet name was originally um, on the shortlist to play Eric, which for anybody who doesn't know is Corey's older brother also had a crush on before they made him like super crazy. Oh yeah. They, they do make like, he does get like a little too crazy. He, yeah. Like he's a really good actor and he's really funny. And I think they just like took it way too far and they kind of made him like incredibly stupid for fun. It was weird. And I didn't realize how bad it was until I recently like went back and watched like probably the first season of Boy Meets World. The first couple are like my favorite because they're all so little and they're such good little actors and actresses. And I just it's so it's just so fun to watch. It's so cute. Um, And Eric in those episodes, like he's funny. And yeah, he's kind of like a goofball and sort of just like a um a little bit of like an airhead but not overly he's just like he's a teenager you know he's like 16 I think and you know like into girls and just kind of like that sort of character but when they get into sort of the 
like later years, like when they're all going to college and stuff, they make him like an absolute mess. I yeah, I kind of I kind of remember that. Those seasons in some ways are clear, but more as a general a general yeah. vibe than like direct moments. Yeah, and I've heard people talk about like what they did to his character, but until I like recently sat down and like saw the difference I was like oh my gosh it's a huge huge difference from like the first couple seasons to the last few he so the actor who did get to play the part of Eric is Will Friedel that's how he pronounced it on his podcast so okay I always thought it was Friedel so I guess it's Friedel um but it was actually a different actor who played Eric in the unaired pilot but I've, I've seen that sometimes happen i mean like i know uh, i've seen the buffy pilot and there was a different actress playing willow for it oh really yeah allison hannigan is great yeah she did a great job in that role yeah um last main character in my opinion mr feeney uh originally so he actually originally rejected the role um because he thought that Mr. Feeney's role was kind of making fun of teachers. So after they had like the first table read, like it didn't go well. And he asked for that character to be rewritten because he wanted teachers to have respect. Um, And Michael Jacobs did it. He wrote, he rewrote the character and the network was not super happy about that. Um, That's according to Wikipedia, but yeah. And I think that was obviously a good choice because you look at, how influential I think that character of Mr. Feeney was to all of us again, because it felt like he was our teacher and he was such a good character. And like, you can tell he just like loved those kids, even when he was hard on them. So I just, I kind of wonder like exactly what they were going to do to that character. If it was just going to be kind of like the kids were always pulling one over on him or if he was just, there to make fun of um but yeah uh mr mr william daniels was not having it well that was definitely a good call on his part and i yeah i imagine that they would have just leaned in to what they would have thought was like comedy of of kids always pulling up frank or something like that because i think a lot of times in tv shows in particular that are aimed at kids there's a lot of like oh the parents are just idiots and adults in general are idiots and when you're little like it it can be kind of funny but it doesn't really create any meaningful content so I think what I liked about Mr. Feeney's character is that like yes sometimes they pull pranks and like sometimes they like they obviously annoyed him at times but it I think made the relationships much more real when you got to see a spectrum of like their behavior with him and how he just interacted with them throughout their lives. I always love Mr. Feeney. And I remember like crying at that last episode. Cause I think he like turns to the classroom and is like, I love you all. And I'm just like, Mr. Feeney. Oh yeah. I forgot you remember about that. that. Yeah. yeah. It felt like he was dying. I seriously like we were losing him and I love too how they have him follow them throughout their different schools in one way or another because he starts out as their teacher and then in high school he's actually the principal of the high school so they're like oh we finally got away from Feeney and then he's the principal um and then in college 
I feel it. I think he's just a regular professor in college. Um, but yeah, he just like follows them throughout their like education, which I think is so great because they could have easily just been like, yeah. okay, you're done being the high school teacher, so we don't need you anymore. But he was such a like a pivotal character. Do you remember? Um, I, we might need to bleep the name, but do you remember Mrs. Stewart? Yes. And how I had her for second grade and like we loved her so much. Or I had her for first or second? First grade. And then I like she was such a good teacher. And then she ended up teaching fourth grade and I got to have her for fourth grade. And then when I was in middle school, she ended up becoming a middle school teacher. And then when I was in high school, she was teaching in high school. I was already like too old. I I was like too old to have her as a teacher again because you know she was teaching like freshmen I think she came in during my my like sophomore or junior year or something like that but it was just it always kind of made me think of that with like Mr. Feeney and yeah uh, just being around there's I think there are going to be a couple teachers well there's a teacher right now that um bingo has (laughs) (laughs) that I love so much and I just want her to like follow her throughout her learning career that was a weird way to say that anyway school <laughs> I could have said school it's just, yeah yeah but I got what you meant the I world meant. the world <laughs> god damn the word failed me because clearly I didn't get a good education because <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have a Mr. Feeney <sighs> okay next we're going to talk about controversial episodes so yes there's always some controversy um so when disney got the syndication rights there were three episodes that were omitted during the show's initial airing on the disney channel the first one is called if you can't be with the one you love it was in season five Mm -hmm. so this was when they were they were a little bit older obviously um and essentially it was omitted because there's like, it talk about like alcohol and um, there's drinking and things like that. So Corey and Topanga have broken up and Corey decides that he's going to drink alcohol at a party because he's like feeling sad about the breakup, obviously. And then he convinces Sean to drink. And then when they walk home, they decide to give a transient 10 bucks to buy them more beer. Um, and then a cop car drives by as they're like opening the beer. So, you know, bad idea. <laughs> Also, don't talk to strangers. After they are at the police station, they go back to Corey's house, and then obviously his parents are pissed at them. Um, They also blame it on Sean because Sean's, you know, kind of the bad boy, and they figure it couldn't have been Corey who, you know, wanted to drink. It couldn't have been their son who's going through an emotionally hard time and making a bad (laughs) choice as a teenager. Because he's been dating the same girl for 30 years. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And they broke up. Again. So this sort of escalates, and I do, I remember um, mostly this part of the episode. So um, in another scene after this all happens, um, they're back in school, and Sean, like, freaks out and insults Mr. Feeney's curriculum, which do not come for Mr. Feeney's curriculum. So he gets kicked out of class. Uh, Corey goes after him, and he follows him back to his apartment. Okay, so they must have been in college at this point. Um, anyway, doesn't well, matter. I mean, there's a point too where wasn't Sean like like his dad wasn't around, so he was pretty much living by himself. Or and then he was living oh, with another teacher. No, he was living with his. Uh, he found out how he had a brother later. 
Jack. Oh, right, Jack. So yeah, this yeah, yeah. might have been when he was living with Jack. Um, all I have written is he went back to his apartment. Because, <laughs> anyway. Um, and he gets a beer. And Corey is like, why are you drinking? <laughs> so it turns out Sean has like a little bit of a drinking problem. He tells Corey like he's been drinking for a week and nobody's noticed. So then Jack, oh, here it is. Jack, Sean's half-brother, shows up to the apartment. He gets pissed at Sean and starts talking to him about how alcoholism runs in their family and tells him to stop drinking while he still can. And he also tells Sean that, like, hey, FYI, our mom left our dad because he was an abusive alcoholic. So, I mean, this episode does deal with a lot of heavy stuff. I don't think it necessarily should have been, you know, omitted necessarily. But it's Mm -hmm. certainly, I mean, I remember the episode because it does bring up some stuff that, you know, maybe at our age we weren't thinking about whatsoever. Well, that was always something, too, that... Uh, I don't know. I've I've thought about this a lot of how it seems like shows that were marketed towards like when we were 13 or 12 ish that now th- they seem a lot younger. Mm-hmm. I feel like I phrased that horribly, but just that like <laughs> the demographic has has stayed the same, but the content gets kind of like younger and younger, which mm-hmm. I could be completely wrong. And part of that could be that like now, you know, kids have access to things that aren't made for them and are made for like older teenagers or adults so there's like still you know that you can't like you're not going to disney or like nickelodeon their kid programming they're not going to be like well let's compete with stranger things but i've just i don't know i just feel like and i mean i'm also not watching shows for kids anymore so i could be completely wrong but i feel like a lot of the episodes of boy meets world like not even just these ones you're talking about, but I feel like a lot of them wouldn't be on TV for the same age group now. Yeah, maybe not. I mean, they definitely, obviously it was a sitcom. So for the most part, it was pretty light, but they did have these episodes every once in a while that went a little bit deeper, which I mean, I thought was kind of a good thing, you know, to sort of, expose people to it but not in a way that was necessarily going to be like oh well I want to go like drink and party um it showed you know kind of the the negative side of that and what could happen um and what does happen in this episode is this is the one where I don't know if you remember it but Sean actually shoves Angela oh yeah yeah right like I remember that scene so vividly because it was already I mean, yeah, people are upset because he's drinking. You know, you're already feeling like, ooh, something's wrong. Like, I don't like I don't like this, Sean. Um, and then after, so after Jack's kind of confronting him, Topanga and Angela show up. Um, and as they're all trying to convince Sean not to drink, uh, Angela's like, hey, why don't we go somewhere private? And that's when he, like, shoves her into a door. I completely forgot about that episode, but now it's all coming back to me. It's all coming back. Yeah, I remember very little about, like, I don't remember them going to that party and drinking or anything like that, but I do remember the confrontation at the end because, like, it was shocking. Especially at the age I would have seen it at. I was very, not con- like, I understood the context, but confused about, I was, I mean, I was just really shocked by it because I hadn't seen something like that in, you know, television for youths. And even mm-hmm. now it is, like 
remembering it and trying to think of like, how do I feel about that is a very strange place to be in. Well, because Sean's character, even though he was technically, you know, quote unquote, the bad boy, he wasn't really bad. Yeah. You know, like he was kind of the edgier friend. I mean, I think in like the first or second season, he like sets a cherry bomb off in a mailbox. Like, you know, he he does stupid crap, but he's not he's not abusive. So I think just like seeing him do something like that was just very jarring because it's like, well, this isn't the character I know and I don't like what's happening to them and I don't know why it's happening. Yeah. And one of the things too is that all of these things are going to be very much like a TV version of, of them. So, I mean, I guess I don't, you know, have like a parent that is dealing with alcoholism and I definitely have like heavily drink at times. Um, But I'm just trying to think of like if I just feel like if he if he pushed her drunk, like I'm kind of like, is this really a a more is this a truthful depiction of the character or is this serving more of a purpose of like the very much a dare era, like don't do drugs, don't drink. Or this will become of you because I just think that like going, you know what they say, like if you do, if if somebody's like abusive in front of their friends, then they're probably abusive in private. And Mm -hmm. so it seems more like this was to be very much like this is what alcohol makes you into. That is a very good point. Um, And I think you're absolutely correct. I, once again, I'm not an expert and I always struggle on this in general of like, Alcohol and drugs can change your behavior. I don't really have experience with drugs, but I have a lot of experience, to be honest, with alcohol. And part of the reason I don't drink as much anymore is because, like, if I get really drunk, there's, like, sometimes I'm super chill and then sometimes I'm an asshole. But it's not something that, like, I can be an asshole without alcohol. I've never been abusive so I'm sort of like, right. yeah, I think it brings, and, and once again, I, this is just, this is my opinion and it, it could be scientifically because this is something that like science could be like, no, you're fucking stupid. And I would be like, okay, um, like I could be factually wrong on, but I find it hard to believe, especially after like a week of drinking that it's like, it changes your personality this much. It makes you, especially if you wasn't like hammered, if it was just like, I've had three beers. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, so I think in that case. It's uh, like what frustrates me about it is like, yes, it's shocking. And and for kids, I I don't know. It's just the whole dare era of like be afraid of drugs and alcohol Mm -hmm. didn't work. And so this seems more like the shock factor of here's a character you really love and stuff. And this is what alcohol's done to him. In a way, kind of, it it seems like it takes away the responsibility of him. Ooh, yeah, that's a that's actually a very good point. I hadn't thought of it that way. It's kind of like alcohol's this demon and it possesses you and you do bad stuff. But like as soon as he, because I'm, I'm guessing, I don't quite remember, but like he stops drinking and things are better and fine and he never does that again. And I'm like somebody who is, I just, somebody, and I'm sure there are cases, this could even be wrong. My, my feelings are that if somebody is abusive while they're drinking, they might not be as abusive while they're sober, but I would find it really hard to believe that they aren't. Right. It doesn't completely change your personality. It lowers your inhibitions. It, yeah, it maybe 
escalates or makes things more extreme. But you're right. It doesn't, it's not a Jekyll and Hyde situation necessarily. And I guess, cause I'm like, you know, I don't, I don't want to speak completely out of my ass because I don't have the science up on it. I guess mm-hmm. if it does, it's not doing that at a week, you know? No, 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 no. And like you said, so, I mean, he had like just gone back to his apartment and just like cracked open another beer. I mean, he, I think the idea was to make it seem like the reason he had the outburst in Feeney's class was because he was a little buzzed. But yeah. I mean, you're right. They totally, they put this on overdrive and escalated it, I think, to make the point of like, like you were saying, this is what alcohol does to you. I, I think it's like unfair to his character and it's also just not very realistic. And and I want to, I guess, like underline this. I'm not like a professional with all of this insight on substance abuse disorders, et cetera, et cetera. I'm just saying from my own experience, I know I have a really bad temper and sometimes when I drink that can get worse. I don't get abusive, but like I've been at parties and I've gotten into fights and mm-hmm. I'm like, that is something that I am prone to. But when I'm sober, I'm like, I'll control it. And when I'm not, a lot of times I'm like, no, it's like, it's game time. Right. So I guess, you know, like, yeah, maybe somebody who's never been abusive, who then starts drinking or using like various drugs could then become abusive. But in this case, no, like after a week when you're like, ah, man, I've had a beer tonight you don't just go to like pushing your girlfriend unless you've already been struggling with that. Well, that's a good point that it totally takes the responsibility off of him. It was like, no, it was the alcohol. Like it was that whole week of drinking that like turned him into this monster. And like, he's this way because like his dad was this way. And yeah, I, I didn't really think about that. And I literally have written here because this is still a sitcom. The next day, Sean apologizes to everyone and everything is fine by the end of the episode. Like, he just doesn't drink again, which is also not very realistic. If you were developing a significant problem, you wouldn't just be like, guys, soup, sorry. Uh, sorry that I shoved you. I don't like myself either when I drink. I'm, I'm going to stop right now. And everyone's like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, if it's, like, supposed to be like, oh, he has this serious problem. And then, like, the next day he's like, I'm done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, and it's, it's also kind of funny because it then, because it's this, like, beloved character who did that like not only are we taking the responsibility from him but then it's just like like it's it's also being like and his girlfriend forgave him and she's safe now with him and it's yeah yeah that sets kind of a bad precedent doesn't it yeah like I think it would have been much more I don't know I feel like if if they were to because I think this is a good storyline to do particularly with Sean because I remember hating his dad. His dad is a really good character, but like a shitty parent. And oh, yeah. I thought the storyline with his dad was great. And I thought it was like, from what I remember, there was like some good nuance there of like, he wasn't like, like sometimes you'd see him and he would be really bad and you're like, oh, that's abuse. And then other times it would be like, well, he's trying. And I think they mm-hmm. did a good job of showing like, when when somebody is bad and abusive they're not like that all the time often and I think that's what makes it really difficult to like especially if it's I mean if it's a parent or something but like the difficulty of being like yeah you know maybe they're great 30 percent of the time or 50 or even like 60 but that remaining percent of the time they're abusive and it's it's 
I think because it isn't 100% of the time that it is really difficult to recognize that and get those people out of your lives. And so I think with Sean having a parent, because I don't, I don't have the statistics, but I know that um, there's like higher risk if, you know, your parent is an alcoholic and you start drinking um, mm-hmm. of, you know, you developing that um, same dependency. I think they could have done that. And I think it would have been better if they would have done something like he was buzzed or drunk and driving and not like he hit and killed somebody, but just that like maybe, maybe like one of his friends, like he hit, but like, thankfully he was going really slow. And then it's the idea of like, if I wasn't, they would be dead. Um, Mm -hmm. like I'm, I'm in general, not big on scare tactics with drugs and alcohol because I think for the most part they don't work, but I'm just thinking for something that I think would have been more reasonable because you can absolutely in a week, especially as a teenager, be like, yeah, no, I can handle this. I'm fine to drive. I mean, you can do that as Mm -hmm. an adult, especially in the States that we're in like, oh, for sure. Yeah. People definitely do that. And so I think that would have been a better route than like, oh, I shoved my girlfriend and now I'm sorry and she's okay with it and everybody's fine. Right. I was abusive for a sec there because alcohol, but now I'm not because I stopped drinking. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I like, I mean, I guess I, I've heard stories of people who were like, they weren't abusive until they started drinking. Um, I just always struggle sometimes you like you don't recognize abuse and also abuse can be not just physical well and again I think it comes down to the time you were talking about too it doesn't happen in a week perhaps that can happen to someone who has been doing it for years and years and years and it has sort of you know affected their brain by that point or you know affected their daily life like I I could see it happening in that instance perhaps you know, and again, I am not an expert whatsoever. I haven't had any intimate dealings with that. But yeah, the whole he turns into an abusive alcoholic in a week um, it is a little far. Yeah, it's like on the slope there. I think even yeah. if they would have had him like get into a fight with another kid. I mean, he yeah. probably got fights before, but I think if he would have gotten into a fight where it was really easy for him to walk away, I feel like that would have been different still than... I, I just think there like there there's a line with domestic violence. That's my <laughs> there, motto. There is. There certainly is. Well, even they kind of had him they he had that outburst in Mr. Feeney's class, which kind of started the whole thing off. I mean, that right there was kind of out of character for him. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really didn't again, I think you're right. I think they were trying to make the point that drugs and alcohol are bad and so we're gonna really make this stick in people's minds and it did I mean I still remember it so you know it was effective in that way but it's funny that you mentioned the dare thing though because the episode did end with Ben Savage doing a public service announcement for alcohol and drug abuse amazing I just yeah so you hit the nail on the head (laughs) I'm so sad I don't have any of my old dare t-shirts I just bought one used off of eBay and it has a little lion wearing the dare shirt. And then over like where the breast pocket would be, it just, it has the beautiful like dare to resist drugs and violence. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I can't. That was a time. Oh man. What a time. And I was so scared. Well, yeah. 
maybe maybe actually this will be my episode i might do it on uh dare you should that's a really good idea you should okay i'll do that do it next week okay i'll wear my shirt shirt for you okay but i want one too (gasps) i bought a shirt off etsy the other day that i'm gonna wear to denver on our trip Ooh, i'll probably wear my dare shirt to denver yeah Uh, I'm going to wear it everywhere. I'm going to be like, hey, guys. To the show. Keep clean. I, I might. I might wear it to the show. I think I think you the should. people would like it. I think they would. Just a reminder, guys. As I'm drinking, like, hey, everybody, please. <laughs> Keep it clean. Oh, shit. Well, that was, um, I guess, banned. Not banned, but omitted episode number one. Mm-hmm. Um, the second one. <clears throat> Sorry, my throat's getting dry already is called Promises, Promises, and it is about prom night. Oh. Well, yes. yes. Yeah. (laughs) It's about prom night, so yes. Everybody thinks they're going to get some. Um, And the school, I'm going to wait till you're done drinking that, because the school hosts their prom at a hotel. Okay, well. So you got, the school's asking for it. Like, I'm sorry, but what the fuck? You don't host it at a hotel. So, yeah, uh, this whole episode. So, by the way, I got these rundowns off of, um, like, this Boy Meets World wiki fan page. Um, Obviously, we'll cite all of our links in the show notes. But um, I didn't actually watch these episodes recently. I just kind of looked through the synopsis. I sort of remember this one. Um, It's just kind of the whole typical, like, prom night. Like, are we, aren't we going to have sex? Uh, Starts out, obviously, Corey and Topanga are going together. Um, Mm -hmm. But also this kid, Howie, apparently thinks he's going to prom with Topanga, which is, I don't know how that happened. So they, so because Topanga's nice, she lets Howie come with them. No. Which is kind of putting a damper on the whole, like, let's have sex thing. Yeah, or it's going to become extra exciting. Real weird. (laughs) Not that there's anything wrong with that. We're not judging you um later in the evening Corey and Topanga do decide to get a room because they're right the fuck upstairs (laughs) might as well (laughs) right so and Corey gets so excited about the possibility of sex that he actually runs up to the room without Topanga at first (laughs) which she's necessary (laughs) yeah yeah two player Um, (laughs) at least minimum two player sport I mean, if you're going to do it right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ready player one. Okay. When he finally goes back downstairs to get Topanga, they get crowned prom king and queen because they're Corey and Topanga. Of course. There's a bunch of comedic mishaps when they get back to the room. So, like, Corey's jacket gets caught over his head, and Eric knocks on the door at one point for some reason, and Howie drops by to tell him that he doesn't need a ride home. (laughs) So, of course, all these things are making Topanga start to be like, oh, should we do this? Um, In another sitcom-y twist, Corey's parents are also at the same hotel, and they're doing, like, a whole Clive Bixby-Juliana scenario. (laughs) Oh, okay. I kind of remember this episode now. Yes. So, of course, what happens is that they all end up upstairs, and Corey goes to get ice and sodas. He puts his card on the ice machine and goes to the vending machine. Why would you ever do this? Then his dad 
walks out to get ice and puts his card next to Corey's. Now, I bet you can't guess what's going to happen, but they each take the wrong card. And then they accidentally walk into the wrong rooms, which is where it loses me because... Even if you grab the wrong card, you would still go back to your correct room and the card would not work, correct? Okay, but this doesn't happen. Alan ends up in Topanga's room, which I'm sure was real weird. (laughs) Yeah, see, this this sounds like more so like it could be an episode of SVU where like the dad knows this isn't his room and he's like, let's hope there's a kid. Like... Right, I'm just like, Yeah, I like the idea that they pick the card up and they're like, oh, this is my room now. Well, just, and was the room number written on it? Like, how would you know which one to go to? Well, which even, even if it was written on there, I just like the idea that, uh, like, you walked. <laughs> how bad is your sense of direction? Yeah. Like, That's like my sense of direction. Tr- okay, yeah. Th- no, never mind. This, this is now viable. <laughs> it this would happen, happen to, to me. You. But yeah, seriously, like, oh, well, I was, I thought I was in 201, but I guess my room number is 305 now. I guess I have to go upstairs now. I don't remember that from three minutes ago. And they didn't Uh. run into each other beforehand, but it's fine. Anyway, what ends up happening is, so obviously they figure out like, oh, what's going on? Corey and Topanga were thinking about having sex. Um, But Alan and Amy actually just leave it up to them. They're like, you guys make your own decision. They leave him alone. Corey and Topanga don't end up having sex. They leave the hotel room. But honestly, I thought that was a pretty progressive. That, yeah, that actually really surprises me. Yeah, they were just like, you know what? You guys can make your own decision. So really, I mean, because they could have turned it into the same sort of like dare situation and been like, no sex before marriage. But yeah, I I am really surprised because that I mean we're still kind of in this like air like this this time period of like teenagers don't have sex, never have sex, don't think about it unless you're married, and mm-hmm. like I I just think that I think waiting until marriage, I just think it's a bad choice, frankly. Yeah, I think if that is your choice, that is great and fine and up to you, but it should be just that a choice. You should not feel ashamed about having it before marriage. You should not feel like you should get married to someone simply to have sex with them. Um, I'm also not like encouraging and in favor of like young kids hooking up. (laughs) Like (laughs) I think it's a fine line because there's a certain level of maturity that I think you should have to make that decision. And the thing I worry about with, being a certain age is only getting pressured into a situation that one or both people might not be ready for. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I think that's why it's important. Like we shouldn't be, I, I actually wrote something about this like a number of years ago when I used to work in news about just sex education and how mm-hmm. it's sex education. Isn't sex education. It's abstinence ed- education. And one that does not work and I mean, two, it doesn't work. That's one, two, and three. It doesn't <laughs> right. work. And also it's, it just does such a huge disservice because mm-hmm. one, you're not, you're also, you're not preventing STIs from spreading because you're not educating. You're not pre- um, preventing pregnancies because you're not educating and you're not preventing sexual assault or like just discomfort or shame, Mm -hmm. or any of those things, because there's no education, so I'm like, you need to, like, 
teach about consent to kids at age appropriate levels and then I'm like you know like it's it's somebody's own body let them explore it consensually with somebody else if they want like they should be given those options and not just like don't have it you you will die you you will get chlamydia and die exactly (laughs) and since when has making something forbidden to teenagers ever worked literally never in the history of ever also it's something that like you can talk about how most people have a biological drive to do it and uh, but it's just something that like obviously ace people exist and are valid but a majority of people aren't ace so you could assume a majority of people have that interest in sex so just to be like hey uh turn this off until you're married and especially turn this off until you're heterosexual and married. <laughs> yes, definitely be heterosexual. Also, hope you guys are sexually compatible when the big day comes. Because if you yeah. aren't, ooh, it's going to suck. Awkward. <laughs> and God will hate you if you get a divorce. So just heads up. <laughs> heads up. Shit. All right. Last omitted episode Okay, from the original airing is called The Truth About Honesty. This was in season six. Um, again, it's due to sexual references. I didn't even copy the synopsis for this one because after I read it, basically all the guys in this episode were just being straight up dicks. And the only thing you really need to know is that the episode ends with Corey bribing Topanga to show him her butt. Wow. Okay. It was just a really annoying, annoying episode. And it did not... Uh, shed the male characters in a very good light because uh, they were being 90s dicks. So, yeah, yeah, I, I was not impressed. There was another episode I wanted to mention, though, and this was not omitted, but it is one I remember very well, and I wonder if you will remember it also. So, um, speaking of Fred Savage from earlier, he actually comes on the show for an episode, and he plays a college professor. Do you remember this? Uh, not yet. I'm, I might need more. Okay. So the episode is called Everybody Loves Stuart. Uh, it's in season six also. And um, so Stuart is the character that Fred Savage is playing. So he's the like the cool teacher at the college because he hangs out with the students and treats oh, them like equals and like okay. a Fred. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Red flags, red flags. <laughs> yeah. Because college professors should not want to even be hanging out with their students all the time like you're well like I I I think what I think is funny is that like I had college professors like they weren't going to our house parties but like they would hang out and chat with students and some of them depending on how small the program was like in one of my film classes it was the entire program because there were like 15 of us went to a professor's house and we had dinner there and hung out um but it was like the entire it wasn't like just a few select students it was like our entire class I'm guessing that they just were like we can't do this like they're no longer in high school and we can't do this with them being in high school because it would be like too real and creepy of course there are professors out there that are creepy and take advantage of Mm -hmm. students I'm just saying that like I think it is more common in a way maybe that also makes it where it is easier to miss those red flags because 
you know, you are like at that point you are an adult and it's not, it's not the same as like if your high school teacher was like, Hey, do you want to hang out 16 year old? (laughs) We can listen to my sweet jams. Okay. That's true. I I hear you. I didn't go to college, so. You know, you'd save a lot of money. That look, if any kids are listening, that's what I want them to take away from this. Don't go to school. Just don't go to college. Don't waste your money. Ever. Ever. Well, don't go if you're going for arts like I did, because that was that was dumb. We love you. Me we or love you kids? and you're very special to us. You I lo- like I love you, Cassidy. Oh, thank My you. My sister. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> we love you too, children though, and we eh. support you. We'll see. Um, okay, anyway, well, this guy hanging around the kids is not a good thing. So just keep okay. keep that in mind. Um, the funny thing is that Eric is actually the one who sees him right away and he's like, I don't like him. Get it, Eric. He he called it and he said the guy the guy wasn't even fit to clap Feeney's erasers, which I thought was just <laughs> a really good line. I that I forgot I love the relationship between Eric and Mr. Feeney. Yes. He like he loves him so much. Um and of course after he says this, everybody's just like, Oh, you just like can't cut the cord from Feeney, you know, like you've gotta like you know, yeah. forget about Feeney and blah blah blah. They just think that he's There are other fishes in the sea that can <laughs> There are other teachers out there. Well, Stuart, uh, he ends up coming to Topanga's room unannounced later so that he can go over her paper with her. Yeah, like that's different than than uh being like, hey, all the students in my class were going down to a coffee shop for this class period. So, yeah, what I was saying was like, here are some normal examples. Being like, hey, I'm, I'm hanging out in the big space. It's a little di- it's different. He's a huge just in the neighborhood of the girls' dormitory. <laughs> <laughs> so Topanga, trusting him, is like, okay, you know, she tells Angela, I'll see you down at the student union because that's where they were headed. So he starts talking to her about her paper, but interestingly enough, her paper is essentially kind of on like morality and like gray area and things like that. And he's like, um, he like scooches over to her. So they're sitting on her bed because it's a dorm. I mean, there's nowhere fucking else to sit. So he like scooches over to her and like puts his hand on her legs. I know. And I remember that because I remember being so uncomfortable. Yeah. And he like tucks her hair behind her ear, which I is just don't do that. Don't ever do that. Um, when she asks him to leave, he literally says, that's not what you want. Oh. Yeah. So they really go for it. And he yeah. plays this character really well because he totally comes off in the beginning as just like the, you know, cool teacher who like treats his students like adults and like doesn't talk down to them. He finally leaves, basically after telling her that, like, he's not going to stop pursuing her. Oh. Which is nice. Yeah. Yeah. Corey walks in and sees that she's, like, visibly upset. So she tells Corey what happened. So the next day, Corey actually confronts Stuart at the student union. This could have been a better episode. And the reason why I say this is because a line that Corey says to Stuart when he confronts him is, she thought you were hitting on her. No, she didn't think he was hitting on her. He did hit on her. And he crossed a line. Mm-hmm. And, like, just the way he said that really kind of, it's definitely, like, a 90s, 2000s sort of way of of doing it. It's like they almost got it right, but there were things they got wrong in this episode 
for sure as far as dealing with something like this with somebody making unwanted sexual advances yeah somebody that's in like a position of power over you yes yeah um so Stuart basically is like yeah I totally was so Corey shoves Stuart through the glass door back into the student union it doesn't shatter like the door just bursts open and I Mm -hmm. really think it would have been better if he would have gone like flying through it and there were like glass shards everywhere but that didn't happen I feel like this is like way too much analyzing for boy meets world but i like okay i know Corey is like the main character so of course like i i get why also 90s 2000s i get why this is what happened but looking at it now it is very centered on how Corey feels about it and it's like understandably like he is upset and that you can't fault like if you find out that the person you're dating or a friend or just you know like a human like somebody was creepy feeling upset completely valid but how he responds and I bet I can totally hear the like uh the like laugh tracky I guess it wouldn't be a laugh track but the ooh and then some like I think there definitely was an ooh I, I can't remember I can't remember if there was like the the slow clap or anything but well and to build on what you're saying to me, it seemed more like he wasn't upset that the advances were unwanted. He was upset because this guy knew that that's his fiance and he hit on his fiance. That's kind of the way it was framed. And it's like, no, he made advances that were inappropriate. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And and that, yeah, that seems like just the most, like I keep, I, I know we keep saying it, but it, it feels very 90s, 2000s. Even yeah. maybe 2010s to yeah. frame it in like he's protecting his girlfriend and the issue is is more so that like she's with me and yes. not like you're her professor and you stepped over so many lines before you you even got to the point of like touching her hair or leg. And mm-hmm. that is really frustrating because ultimately like I know I know it like at the point at, at that point in time it what Corey is doing is like the heroic thing but in actuality it just is like you said it's so weird to that it's more of like hey that's my fiance and not like oh you're abusing a position of power it doesn't matter like yeah. who she's with or not and that he is just I mean I would want to push him through a door as well but that's one of the things is that like when somebody tells you that they've and I wouldn't say this is like sexual assault but it was definitely unwanted advances and it was maybe bordering on that like without having watched the clip like but just when somebody tells you something like that you need to handle your own shit because it's not about you talk about your feelings and your issues with somebody else but like what you're what you're feeling is valid and it is important but like don't put it on the other person who's disclosing this to like deal with it or deal with the repercussions and also just probably don't push somebody through a door. Well, there's that. Yeah. Sorry. I, I keep interrupting. I just have a lot of feelings <laughs> no, about this no, and their anger. I know I did too, because I do remember this episode and it just brought back a lot of stuff, but also just reanalyzing it in this day and age. Yeah. It, it made me kind of angry too. So 
Obviously, Corey gets in trouble for shoving a professor mm-hmm. through a door, understandably. But again, the rest of the episode is kind of mostly about Corey because now he's at risk of being expelled, right? So they have to have like a, a hearing with the dean now to see if Corey gets to stay in school. So it's Corey, Corey, Corey. Topanga actually does confront Stuart in the student union and tells him like he needs to make this go away for Corey because he's the one who crossed a line. Um, and all Stuart says to Topanga is you came on to me. So like they're really they really made him a, a villain in this, which I mean, I'm yeah. fine with. But yeah, he was <laughs> I hated him so much. And like I like Fred Savage, but like I even now don't look at him the same way after this episode because he played such an asshole. I yeah I remember a little bits and pieces but now that you bring it up I can I really remember the like you came on to me yes yeah he's just well he's so overly confident and I mean why wouldn't he be because unfortunately people in positions of power often are able to get away with things like this um in a sort of he said she said sort of thing so they have this hearing Stuart says some utterly ridiculous things basically on this along the same lines of like you know she told her friend to leave like she obviously wasn't uncomfortable with me being there and you know a dorm operates not only as like a bedroom but as a a living room and a you know a kitchen it's a whole living space so I wasn't really in her bedroom and I do love Feeney in this because Feeney like absolutely drags him and threatens him I have I have some of the transcript because it just I just love Mr. Feeney, and I hope I didn't lose the transcript because that would make me really sad. Okay, so essentially, as Stuart is like gaslighting Topanga into making it seem like she actually wanted him to stay in her room when she so obviously did not, he says to Feeney, uh, like, any more questions, George? I'm not really sure why Mr. Feeney is there, to be honest, um, but he is because he loves his kids and he goes to bat for him. Uh, and Mr. Feeney says, just one. Is it okay if I rip off your head and roll it down the hallway? Which <laughs> I thought was amazing. Oh, Feeney. So what happens? Because, I mean, it's Boy Meets World and they're not going to kick Corey out of school. But also, I mean, I don't think he should have been kicked out of school. So uh, the dean, and I don't know, do you remember the college dean? I don't know. Dean Bollinger. Okay. I kind of didn't either until I... Um, was like watching the episodes but so she and mr feeney were actually married oh. in real life oh that's delightful i can okay i kind of i kind of remember now yeah 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 so i thought that was sweet they essentially the dean is like i suspend you for one day and then she like drops some knowledge on stewart and it's like a teacher is supposed to be trusted like students should be able to feel safe around them and essentially points to Mr. Feeney and it's like this is a teacher um but again it just sort of became the Corey show at the end and everybody's like okay well that like let's go get some ice cream I literally think they say and I'm like yeah so um is anybody gonna let Topanga like process this trauma or anything and yeah like I I can see how if you aren't, if you've never been in a situation like that, I can see how somebody could be like, what really is so scary about that? Like, it's uncomfortable in the moment. But I think if you've never been in a situation like that, just think about how, like, when he says you don't really want that, at that point, you know, nobody is going to be coming back for a while. And you don't know if this person is going to leave. 
and mm-hmm. their intentions are very clear like they want to have sex with you and like they don't really care about what you think so I think it can be really easy to be like oh it's just this like uncomfortable situation but and obviously like boy meets world isn't going to get into that but like in real life it if I were in that situation it would be like is this going to be rape because I mean honestly like in a real life situation like that it could have been oh absolutely because you are trapped it's that feeling of being trapped this person has told you they don't care about what your feelings are they don't care what you want they know what they want and they're gonna get it at some point so maybe it won't be that day but you also then have to be around this person at school all the time in class you know that they know where your dorm room is now you suddenly can't get away from this person and I mean that's terrifying and then the fact that again this person has respect from other teachers other kids like them they've built this reputation of being a super nice guy it's the he said she said and it's like well if nobody believes me then where does that leave me I think, too, along with, like, what is frustrating about Corey's reaction, and once again, I mean, completely understandable, like, if I were in that hint situation, I would want to hurt the person, too, but Mm -hmm. it also, I haven't exactly been in Topanga's situation, but I've been in situations similar, and it also is just really embarrassing, like, it's really humiliating and it's really embarrassing and it feels like you did something wrong even though you didn't. And mm-hmm. then to have it become a, like a public spectacle, I can't even imagine. And and it becomes a public spectacle because your fiance did something. And, you know, I think I could see, you know, we're, we're like saying like, fuck you, Corey. And we're not so much saying the same for Feeny and, and one, yes, it's just bias. We really like Feeny. But it's also too, at that point, like my thought is that He's in a different position. You know, it's the difference between somebody you confided in and then at this point it's already a public spectacle and and somebody who has respect and is on more level playing field with the person who crossed the line is pretty much saying like go fuck yourself publicly. Mm-hmm. And and that's why I feel like a little bit more okay with it than like Corey's reaction of uh yeah, his reaction. Right. Well, and honestly, I mean, the, I almost called it a trial. I can't remember what they called it again, but whatever this was that they had for it literally wasn't even necessarily about what Stuart did. It was literally about what Corey did and they were deciding on that. So the fact that Mr. Feeney was there, you know, and they were talking about what Corey did and he was trying to get the dean to reconsider him like being expelled made sense in that context because unfortunately the situation with Topanga kind of wasn't part of it as yeah. much. Now I will say, you know, we've been shitting on Corey a lot and there is a part during this, why do I keep wanting to call it a trial? I can't remember what it's called, but um, he does say yeah. he he does say about Stuart, he used his power and authority to take advantage of her. So I did want to point that out. It maybe is not quite enough, but yeah, I guess that's what I meant earlier when I was like, they could have done this episode so much better is the focus on what actually happened to Panga really just kind of got lost behind. Okay. Now this is happening with Corey and, you know, is he going to get expelled from school? Um, you know, Feeney comes to the rescue sort of thing. And, 
then we all we all just move on and like Topanga's fine it's like I don't I wouldn't be fine after that no I know and and that's you know like I think it it would have been much more powerful and once again I feel silly even like talking this in depth about fucking boy meets world but that's what we're here well that's what this Um, is (laughs) true true (laughs) I but I think it would have been much more powerful if it like the all the characters in the show if it was more about them supporting Topanga and yes if it was something about like this is super corny but it's the first thing I could think of and I feel like corny fits this show a bit is if it was something like the guys and who you know like the the cat the characters who had thought he was really cool if you know they like walked out of his class mm-hmm. you know if like I could see Topanga being like wanting to write something to the, the dean and if they all you know once again corny but signed it and were like we believe her type of yeah. thing right like took a stand yeah and something more about like supporting her and how she wants to deal with it and also just Mm -hmm. the idea that like I I like it sounds like what the dean brought up of like just like from step one you were in the wrong like even if you didn't hit on a student the idea that you were going to their dorm room that makes your intentions what you're claiming your intentions are just unbelievable because you should know better and you do know better I loved that they called him out on his bullshit because it was absolutely bullshit, but there were just, you know, I feel like it was a very 2000s episode. For, for the 2000s, it still seems like kind of, kind of progressive or maybe just like surprising. Uh, Like I I think it's a good thing to have, it feels weird. Like I think it is a good thing to have those subjects discussed in media that isn't just for adults because it does happen, but that's also why I feel like we're saying like it should have been handled better because one, like one of the things that's frustrating isn't just about the other characters' reactions, but how sort of like with Sean pushing Angela, both of the people who are you could say like the like the victims in this are just fine, and that isn't a realistic for the most part. I mean, that's not really a realistic reaction, and so right. it doesn't. It just it kind of it's just like it's kind of like drugs are bad don't ask us why just don't do them it kind of has that feeling of like this could happen be aware and then there's like no further information it's just like okay so just so you know you could be taken advantage of so just watch out part of that is the time period but part of that too is the fact that it was a sitcom yeah you know what I mean because sitcoms the most they will drag out something that is kind of dramatic and hard and dark is like two episodes Because after that, in that sort of media, like, I felt it before where it's like, okay, like, this, this was good. Like, I I understand they wanted to explore some darker material, but, like, I need it to go back to what it was. Because I do think people watch sitcoms for a certain reason and for a certain feeling. And it's like, you can, they can only handle so much change from that, that type of, and this is just my opinion, obviously, and I'm not like a an expert of course but it seems like in that context they have to wrap those things up like by the end of the episode yeah Yeah, it it is it's definitely like the formula I think an interesting question uh, hopefully to propose is like is it better to have these issues in in sitcoms where they're not going to probably be handled with much nuance 
or is it just like stick to what you know sitcoms um because i'm kind yeah. of on it because i'm like with sitcoms you get so attached to the characters that it i feel like it can actually have more of an impact because you've been really attached to them and also because it's just the contrast of something bad happening when most of the time it's just funny and lighthearted. So I think it can be really effective in that ways. But then it's like, is it better to have these things touched on even if it's not handled great or no, <laughs> just no, like leave it. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Like does one cause more damage? Like, does it cause more damage to like you said, kind of give you just enough information to be scared but not really like give you any tools for handling a situation like that. And just like, okay, everybody's fine. Nobody needed therapy and you know, everything went back to normal. I, I don't know. I think, well, I think probably the solution is we maybe shouldn't be learning all life lessons from sitcoms only. Maybe. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe that's the key. Do your own research. Uh, Yeah. I I mean, yeah. And now that I think about it, it's kind of a, a dumb question, but I guess like, no, it's not. I totally get what you're saying. I just, yeah, I don't know what the answer is. I would hope that in most situations that, because like it, in this case, it's I, like ideally the target audience is kids and families. So it's like, hopefully, I guess, you know, you need to be having those conversations like as parents then and talking about, you know, in that case, like if I had kids who were old enough or if I had kids, you know, and watching this, like, I would probably bring up how Corey's reaction's understandable, but also how how does that affect Topanga, who already had, you know, who, who this really should be about. So, I mean, like, I, I guess it's good because it also, it, it maybe brings up topics that hopefully a parent, kid, or kids have, like, good enough relationships with their parents they can ask about or it can be discussed. So it's, it's probably better than not. Uh, but sometimes I I think even though in the sitcom format, some of these things can be handled better. And I feel like it probably would have been handled better today. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like if I could even see this kind of episode happening today on Disney. We have to keep in mind, though, it did start on ABC. That's true. Yeah. So it's a little bit different. But um, so Let's move on to a, a happier thing, though, because I want to okay. talk about this is the last episode I'm going to talk about. And it's my favorite episode. And it's the the horror episode. I bet you'll remember it. I remember them like a Halloween episode. Yeah, it was like a horror Halloween episode. It's in season five and it's called And Then There Was Sean. This is where I wrote down and I don't really know why I ended up here, but um. The syndicated repeats of the show started airing on Disney in 2000. So I would have been 11 years old at that point, which would make more sense. Yeah, that would make a lot more sense. Yes. And then actually ABC Family um, started running episodes in 2004. This episode is my favorite. And I did watch it again. It's just, it's kind of ridiculous. It really... I think it was mostly for, like, the Halloween aspect, you know, as sitcoms do. So this episode starts with a janitor with weird bangs. And (laughs) he, like, is just wheeling around, like, his little janitor cart throughout this episode. It's very squeaky. And he interrupts Feeney's class, uh, which has already been derailed by Corey and Topanga's Either their breakup or their separation. I don't know (laughs) if they're 
married. I, because they keep saying that they're separated, but I'm like, I don't think they're old enough to be married anyway. And then I put look up later, uh, but I clearly did not. So we're just going to move past that. Corey and Sean are not, or Corey and Sean, Corey and Topanga aren't <laughs> together right now. Corey and Sean are. <laughs> Finally. Um, this kid named Kenny in the class asks Topanga if he can borrow a pencil and Sean like rips his head off because he thinks that like borrowing a pencil is some innuendo for like wanting something else from Topanga. (laughs) All right, Sean. And then there's a lot of talk um, from Corey and Topanga. So they're like flat out arguing in the middle of Feeney's class um, about who stabbed the other in the back. And I honestly don't remember why they broke up or what happened, but just keep in mind that the uh, stabbing in the back is some foreshadowing. I I'm gonna admit I looked up just a <laughs> still of this and I yes. I remember it. This episode okay. is so good. Yeah, I remember it. I knew it you now. would. It's my it's, favorite. It scared me though when I was little. Yeah. Well yeah. You're fine. Um I, mean, I always oh, yes, play this yes. like da, 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 like horror-esque music like whenever the janitor enters or like something spooky is gonna happen like they play that music not like I just did but in a different way so essentially Feeney's tired of everybody's shit so he gives the whole like them all detention including Kenny which doesn't seem fair because all he did was ask for a pencil um and they have to stay after school for an hour and a half which seems excessive yeah I don't I don't know I only had lunch detentions so I don't know I did too um then Mr. Feeney just leaves them in the classroom like by themselves with the like most ominous comment that they are still being watched Ooh. when they try to leave the classroom because they're obviously like well the teacher left they find out that they're locked in and the creepy janitor is just peering through the window at them. Ooh. Okay, see, yeah, it was a scary episode. Also, there was that creepy janitor at my, our elementary school. That mom was worried was a pedophile. So I was really scared oh. during this episode. I don't remember him. I do. That's so sad for you. Yeah, it is. He does something even creepier because they're all like, hey, hey, do you have the keys? Can you let us out? And he... He holds up his set of keys, smiles, and then just leaves. <laughs> oh, what a dick. That's. I mean, look, he probably oh. is tired of his job. I bet that felt good. Yeah. He's like, I'm tired of you people. So all the kids are like, oh, Feeney is behind this, which doesn't like make any sense. But <laughs> yeah, you know okay. Feeney with those elaborate pranks. <laughs> And Corey's like, this is all Feeney's um, idea to, like, make us pay attention or we die. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, correct. So now Jack and Eric show up because they were randomly playing hoops in the high school gym. I don't think they attend this high school at this point, so. Yeah, well, I was looking at the pictures of everyone and they have to there's they have to be like well they're supposed to be I'm guessing like juniors or seniors but they definitely they definitely look older but whatever we'll let it go yeah I'm not quite sure of everybody's ages in this episode I didn't look too deep in that I was too focused on just the rundown of this glorious episode because I love it so much they just left playing hoops and they said they were a little freaked out when blood started coming out of the showers which is understandable (laughs) (laughs) yeah but they're just super chill 
Um, the next thing I have written is, oh, Kenny, you going to die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, a character that's just, like, introduced for an episode. Yeah, yeah. we've literally never seen Kenny before. So, yeah, he, he's not going to survive this. Um, Angela is, like, the scream queen in this. She screams at everything. <laughs> and she's a good screamer. So, good on her. I can't remember that. So, the lights go out in the classroom. And when they come up... <laughs> you are dying Kenny sweet Kenny has a pencil through his forehead (laughs) and it's so far through so he's like against the wall the pencil's in his forehead he slides down the wall and it leaves a pencil (laughs) And, and Corey says We'll always remember he was that tall. Uh, <laughs> Which that's a pretty good line. It's really good. So even after this, Sean is still convinced it's Mr. Feeney. Uh, <laughs> Which is incorrect. Um, so he's like trying to reason with everyone. Like, it's just Mr. Feeney. And everybody else is like. Reasoning. No. Or detective reasoning. <laughs> no, no, none. So everybody is like, you're an idiot. And they start running like Scooby-Doo style between the hallways. Like literally as a group, you like see them go to one side and then to the other side. Like, I think that's why I love this episode so much is there are all these little like tropes and things from other, I guess Scooby-Doo's not horror, but you know what I mean? Like spooky yeah. or horror type shows. Feeny shows up. And they're like, oh, my gosh, Mr. Feeney, you got us. Uh, No, he didn't because he's got scissors in his back. So he straight up, he was standing. He's, like, not talking. I'm like, you guys, he's dead. And he just, like, collapses to the floor with scissors in his back. (laughs) Sean finally realizes he's wrong, though, at this point (laughs) and is a little scared. I'm sorry. I'm watching the episode now without sound. (laughs) That's amazing. Oh, good. Okay, I'll narrate it. What part are you at? I was just at where the the janitor goes and that there's no one gets out alive. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that part. Shit. Yes. That's like the first thing is on the blackboard. They, there's a message written that no one gets out alive. Shit, I forgot that. Damn it. Oh, I love this episode. Now they're trying to determine who's going to die next. And Sean and his infinite wisdom is like, well, virgins are safe virgins never die (laughs) (laughs) and Corey is like thanks for saving me to Topanga so that was kind of funny (laughs) that is actually uh next up on the dead list is the creepy janitor he's dead and in his janitor cart and they they just wheel him away Um, we finally see our first glimpse of the black hooded figure scurrying around in the background. So it's very mm-hmm. scream. Like they have the scream mask. They're in like the black hood. Um, so we've got that whole reference. Uh, for some reason. Oh, no. I know the reason. Shut up. Um, they. <laughs> I think I'm getting tired. Um, they come to the realization that like the killer has to be one of them because they're the only ones in the school which 
Okay, no, I do have a question about that because they haven't been everywhere in the school. They've been in like this one little alcove and the classroom. So they don't really know that they're the only ones in the school. But anyway, they're like, the killer has to be one of us. Then Jennifer Love Hewitt makes an appearance. Oh, that's right. Because I believe this was right around the time where I Know What You Did Last Summer was huge. Oh, yeah. And she was like the horror queen. So Eric runs into her in the hallway and they just start making out right away, <laughs> which is kind of on track for a well, horror I was going to say, is like a great horror trope. And her character's name is Jennifer Love Pfefferman. <laughs> and I died. It's so good. <laughs> Can we call this episode oh. Boy Meets World the Jennifer Love Pfefferman story? Yes, we sure can. Or Boy Meets Pfefferman. Ooh. <laughs> um, there's another reference to the Scream movies, which I actually haven't seen. But there's great. I know. I I guess I'm not really like a horror person, but it does bother me that I haven't seen them. It's just I've I've heard talk about them so much that I essentially know most of the like references to it. Well, I was going to say the next time we hang out... Um... Or I guess maybe even in uh, Denver, but we should watch some <gasps> yeah. horror movies because I love horror movies. And one of my actual favorite movies is Halloween. Okay. Well, I don't know if I want to watch Halloween. No, you'll be fine. I might watch the Scream movie. No, I won't be fine. You'll be. I, this episode scared me as a child and look at you well, just powering <laughs> through it. So. Because it was. Because it was spooky. <laughs> people died. Anyway, we'll talk about this later. Oh, okay. So they do a scream bit where the phone in the school rings um, and they answer it. And the person on the other end says, do you like scary movies? (laughs) Uh, Basically, Eric continues the conversation with this person um, just like nonchalantly. And then when he hangs up, he's like, "Uh, that was the killer. And uh, he said, we should stay right here so he can come and kill us. I, this episode, I need to watch this because I feel like I will no longer be scared and it will be hilarious. You will not be. And I found it. um, Obviously, you can watch it on Disney Plus, but you have to have a subscription. I'll just. I will send you the link where I watched it. Or no, you have it up. Don't you? Yeah. I mean, in in weird parts, but I'm sure I can figure it out. I'll I'll send you the link where I watched the whole thing because it's it's worth a watch. Um, they end up in the library and <laughs> Eric says like, when did this school get a library? <laughs> <laughs> they split up in the library, which is such a stupid mistake. Um, <laughs> Corey and Feffy end up together <laughs> and she gets like real touchy with him. And this, <laughs> she's killed by a stack of books being pushed off the top <laughs> shelf. So Eric like runs to her aid and of course she's like, she's dying. And before she can tell Eric who the killer is, another stack of books is dropped on him and they're both dead. Why was this episode made? Because someone's a genius, that's why. So then Jack, realizing that he can't afford his apartment without Eric goes to jump out the window. <laughs> oh, Jesus. 
<laughs> Angela goes out there on the ledge to stop him, but then the masked figure pushes both of them. <laughs> they die. This is like the easiest game of Among Us for this guy. <laughs> so then the masked figure goes over to the last three remaining Korishan and Topanga. <laughs> he puts Cory and Topanga's hands together. <laughs> and then he reveals himself to be Sean. I remember, like, when I looked up the uh, the still, I remembered <laughs> it was Sean. I remember for the first time when I, like, as a kid, just being shocked. And now I just love how... I mean, just the idea that a serial killer or like that this just the idea that it ends up being like, I'm killing everybody so you guys can be together. I know the show is about Corey, but like, my God, the ego. You're correct. Yes. Uh, the whole thing was a dream. In case you didn't know that. Uh, Sean wakes up in detention. Uh, and he realizes that this was just because he's been taking Cory and Topanga's breakup super hard. <laughs> okay, that's a sign that like you need some space and your own hobbies. I know it does. It made me feel bad for him though because he talks about like how they've been together for so long that he just feels like there's nothing he can depend on now, and he just wants oh. to fix it. And I was like, "Well, baby, baby Sean." But also, <laughs> why do you have to literally murder everyone to fix? it? Get those issues well, looked into. Yeah, that that escalated quickly, but uh, that is rather know. sad. The mind is a strange place. Um, essentially, after he says that, everyone's let out of detention because Sean is so sad. <laughs> Speedy's like, it. "You're really killing, really killing Buzz here, buddy." Truly, Feedy's just like, "It just go, just leave." <laughs> And the last shot is of the masked figure leaving the classroom just after everybody else does, which doesn't really make any sense. But yeah, uh, but it, it's such a like, like those sitcom episodes where they do something really ridiculous and then they have to, they always walk it back of like, it's a dream or something like that. But then they're like, or was it? Yeah. And it's like, no, it absolutely was because uh, Kenny's alive. <laughs> And also, uh, like, we just shot, saw Sean leave. So, yeah. But Yeah. What a, no. what a great trope from the, I want to say from oh. the 2000s, but it could be older than that. Uh, I think this was the 2000s by now. Uh, it was amazing. It's my favoriteest episode. It really was pointless in the grand scheme of things. It was just for fun. But, like, I, I love that episode. And you really should watch it again. Okay. No, I'm going to that. That sounds excellent. So, honestly, I think this show holds up like 50-50. Because they do, they cover a lot of topics that are still relevant today. They just do it in like a very 90s way, which we definitely covered with like the the scandalous episodes. Um, Mm -hmm. The other issue with it is there is like no diversity in the show. The first black main character is Angela and she doesn't show up until season five and I looked for black people in these episodes I was watching and it's there's like nothing and she is the only like recurring character so that's obviously a problem that should have been done better 
the actress who played her is named Trina McGee, which is an adorable name. Um, and she said she was able to relate to the character because she also attended a mostly white high school. Um, and looking back, she does wish that the interracial relationship between her character and Sean's was like addressed more and not ignored. Yeah. Because their relationship was very accepted, which is great. But her point was that it probably wouldn't have been by everybody. Um, and that that sort of tension and um, conflict should have been shown. Yeah, I could I could definitely get that. You know, sometimes I have these, like, with being gay, watching sometimes, like, gay relationships be just seen as normal in things. Mm-hmm. I know I should be like, oh, that's great. But, and I think a lot of times, like, younger generations feel that way. But I'm just like, that's so unrealistic that sometimes it just frustrates me because it almost takes me out of the world because I'm like, that w- it wouldn't be like that. Like, uh, and I know I always see how, like, I, I see a lot on online, mostly Tumblr, where people are like, it's always weird that there's like one gay couple or like one gay person and they don't have a bunch of other gay friends. And that seems to be the general consensus but I'm like well like in my experience like kind of that actually kind of is it like I Kelsey and I finally have like my I finally have a best friend who is a lesbian and that didn't happen until I was in my late 20s and Mm -hmm. I had you know like friends on and off and stuff in high school but it was me and then this guy and we were pretty much the like the two gay kids that people knew about and then there was somebody that like people kind of expected and then there were like two girls ish kind of that people maybe knew about so I I get it's this weird thing where it's like in some cases I think it's really good to present things that should be seen as normal you know like presenting gay relationships or interracial relationships as they're not having conflict from outside Mm -hmm. forces also because it can be exhausting when you're living in that to then you know you don't have media to escape to but then at the same time it also is something that like it can be good to address it a little bit more realistically so I think that obviously I can't this isn't me commenting on whether I think she's wrong or right. Like it's her experience. I haven't experienced that. I'm just saying that like, I get where she's coming from where it's mm-hmm. like, I'm a white person viewing it. Uh, like now I kind of think it's cool that it wasn't a thing, but then when I'm thinking about it, like, okay, but as somebody who's in a relationship that a lot of people have issues with, I can also see why I would want it addressed. It, it But it, it's, it's hard and it's going to change person to person probably too. Right. Yeah. It's like, where is that line? Because I really hadn't, I hadn't really thought about it until I read her comment because my first thought, because I'm, you know, like a basic white girl, like was thinking about their interracial relationship. Like, oh, it's wonderful that there's an, you know, this relationship and it is seen as normal. You know, nobody's harassing them for it and stuff, Mm -hmm. but reading her comment and hearing from you, that makes total sense that it's like, well, that's great. And it is great to present those things as normal because the more those things are normalized in the media, the more that people will accept them. But at the same time, there's a fine line between sort of pretending that that's the way it is for everybody 
and addressing what the reality is for so many people. So I, yeah. I think it's interesting that you feel that way as well, um, because that was not my initial instinct when looking at their relationship, because I'm very ignorant to that. Uh, yeah, well, and I mean, I it wasn't like I hadn't thought about it until you brought it up and then I like when you were reading her quote I I could just I guess like empathize with that because I'm like yeah I, I can see that because I have probably viewed it just like you did you know I think that I, I think it is a really difficult line to walk and I feel like ultimately you know I would hope that the person playing the character or the creative team has those discussions because I, mm-hmm. I do think you know, you can't, you're never going to make a decision with some kind of piece of media that makes everybody happy. So yeah, I think that like, had I been in charge, what I probably would have done if like the actress brought this up, or if I would have been, I guess, aware enough to make this choice is that I would have maybe made it not main characters having an issue with it. But somebody else and then you see the main characters supporting Angela and Sean and you also see how it affects Angela and Sean specifically you know mm-hmm. uh, like them as a couple but also like individually like how how it affects them and how it affects uh Angela but purposely yeah. not having it be like a main character because you those are you want to see them as the good guys you want to see them be supportive but uh, that's, yeah, that's a, you know, a really good point. And then it makes me think about how the only, like, main character, reoccurring character is also the one that gets shoved by her boyfriend. Yeah, that is interesting, isn't it? I think that it's obviously, you know, the it wasn't talking about... Um, domestic violence particularly against women of color like the the idea was like drinking bad this is what happens when you drink but it's it's mm-hmm. like looking at it in 2023 and being like this is the only character that this has happened to and then it's just like she is just like it's okay I'm fine you apologized everything's okay right the optics aren't great yeah yeah and I think this is just kind of a I mean something to throw out that you know, had there been more diversity, something too that I, I at least have seen people bring up is that like you can have interracial relationships. One person doesn't have to be white. No, you're right. Yeah. Cause any, I'll admit when I think of an interracial relationship, I'm thinking of like a white person and a black person. That's just like immediately what I think of. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Yeah, and it's something that, like, I didn't think about uh, much, you know, I didn't think about a ton until I just started hearing people talk about their own experiences and that, mm-hmm. you know, like, I a lot of times I've heard it with, honestly, like, um, LGBT or, like, specifically, like, lesbian relationships. I don't know why I said lesbian ro- weird there, but it just felt I fun. <laughs> but a lot of times, like, I-, I think the reason I've seen it with, like, when it's, like, a lesbian relationship come up is because there's a lot of, like, especially maybe from the, like, white gay ladies, because our shows, okay, so, like, in general, gay lady shows get canceled a lot, and so 
you'll see fandoms being like, please, for the love of God, please, oh my God, please fucking watch this show. And so I, I think that I, I like a lot of times if there's anything that they, you're hoping you can pull another fandom in with, so you, like, you'll you'll mention it. So I, I've seen like a lot of things where they're like, hey guys, guess, guess what? And it, it does oftentimes seem to be white women who will be like, it's, it's interracial. And the thing is, though, that it, it's still predominantly, I mean, not all, like, it, there's there's some more diversity, but predominantly it still has been, like, a white person and then a person of color. And um, mm-hmm. I've just, you know, seen around Tumblr people being like, y- you know, guys, you can, like, it, it doesn't have to always be a white person. <laughs> just throwing that out there. Um, totally off the subject. Tumblr still exists? Yeah, it's having a revival uh, because of Twitter and my Tumblr, like everybody's Tumblr is once again under siege by porn bots and it's hilarious. Yeah, it's always like some hot mid 20 something and then it's like (laughs) uh, Sarah Lynn or like Jessica K and then there's going to be like a bunch of emojis. Usually it's going to be like... um, a uh, like some kind of tropical flower, something pretty, and mm, then it's going mm-hmm. to be something se- like some kind of semi-sexual fruit or vegetable, and then maybe <laughs> the like wet emoji, and then sometimes you'll see like Scorpio, and then there's no content, so you have to you have to report. <laughs> Don't report for sexual content, uh, because Tumblr already has gotten weirdly anti-porn, which people are sad about. But just report for spam and then block and delete. <laughs> It's exhausting. The porn bots are out of control. Interesting. Okay. Is that like Gen Z bringing it back? Uh, No, it's uh, bringing the porn. Oh, you said Twitter. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. I meant Tumblr. (laughs) Not the porn bots Um, specifically. No, Tumblr is having a bit of a resurgence just because. So this. Because Twitter went to shit. Yeah, this might make kind of an interesting episode, although it could also be just really quick and I could do it right now. So Tumblr started dying off when it was purchased by, I think it was something like Yahoo, which was a weird choice. And they were like, we're going to cut down pretty much, it was like banning sex, like sex and porn. And so people were doing really hilarious things of like, they would like post a shirtless guy and it'd be fine. Then they would like screenshot it and then they would keep screenshotting it and like taking screenshots until it became too hard to tell if like are those lady nipples or man nipples and then like it eventually get like it was just it was it just it was like a really really poorly done like we're cracking down on explicit material and protecting the children I believe that was like the original thing to just like anything sexy so then a bunch of people who put, I mean, frankly, porn up or did like erotica stuff were like, well, we have to go elsewhere. And then with tw- Twitter imploding, people are like, well, I guess we're back to Tumblr. It's been wild. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because you, you mentioned Tumblr a couple of times and I'm like, maybe she's misspeaking because I don't think Tumblr is a thing, but okay. I mean, good to know. I don't know that I ever had a Tumblr, to be honest. Probably not. Like, I can't think of when it came about. I suppose I could Google. I think I, like, just missed that. I think I went, like, straight to MySpace. Yeah, Tumblr was founded in 2007. Oh. Huh. 
huh i wonder why i missed it well it wasn't as big as like myspace or facebook ended up being i don't think and it was more something i mean like you didn't have like a live journal right no so i feel like you just weren't the the demographic oh (laughs) that's a nice way to say it I, I mean, there are so many segments of people on Tumblr, but I always just think about it as, like, that's where all the, like, 2000s lesbians were. Oh, sweet babies. I didn't really use Tumblr until college or something. I didn't oh, okay. really use it at all until I decided to start, like, checking out more fandom stuff for gay things. And okay. I didn't. I don't really interact on it. I just like reblog things that are funny, which is how most people use it, or I just like reap across the tumbles. So I signed up for a Twitter account like a year ago because I was just yep. trying to figure out what it was all about. I could never, and this sounds so dumb, but I truly couldn't figure out how I was supposed to see the things that I wanted to see on there. Like I would find, you know, I'd find. On Facebook, people would be like, the five funniest tweets of the week. And I was like, this shit is funny. Like, why? Like, I want to see this stuff on Twitter. And I just don't think I ever followed the right people or looked at the right things. It it was super confusing to me. And I mean, I still have it, but I never look at it because it just, I could never make sense of it. Yeah. Some people, like, I haven't been able to curate my Twitter and I've had it for years and years and years but I barely use it just because the same thing like I never was able to get the right ratio of who I was like who to follow and who I was following and it's like yeah I honestly look I'm gonna Tumblr is a dumpster fire but there is some hilarious (laughs) shit on there and uh like Tumblr knows it's a dumpster fire so that's what makes it fun okay maybe maybe I need a Tumblr I think I think you would have fun with a Tumblr. Okay, guys, I might I might get a Tumblr. Do it. Okay, if this ever gets released, <laughs> I'll tell you if I've made a Tumblr. Well, also, what I love about it is that you can set up your little like your own Tumblr blog sort of thing, and it makes me think uh like it reminds me of when I would be like changing the background on my Neopets page or my MySpace because you can do like you can customize it and all oh you gosh. want. And it's a, it's a fun time. It's a stupid site and I like it. They're all stupid sites. Yeah. And see, I feel like at least like Tumblr knows it's stupid. Like the users of Tumblr really are like, and it's almost not even like an animosity. It's, it's like, we're a bunch of like, we're a bunch of raccoons and we're hanging out in this dumpster fire. And somebody has put a, like somebody has put a little ladder in and we could get out, but we're just like, let's see what happens. (laughs) Okay, I respect that. Yeah. Well, we've been talking for over two hours. Boing, bing, bing, bing. Yeah, we're going to have to cut some shit. Pew, 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 pew. Um, I think you mean you. <laughs> yeah, I need to uh, I need to do mini edit. We, well, uh, let's see. Like, do we have any wrap-up stuff? Like, I, I feel like it stands up overall. And yeah, like I would watch it again. I know that Girl Meets World didn't last very long. So yeah, I didn't watch that. 
yeah, I did. I, I don't mean, know what happened in my voice too. there. Sorry. <laughs> I didn't watch that. Um, <clears throat> I think, I just don't think you could replicate it in part because of it just works so well for the 90s and 2000s. But I would, I would probably still watch it. And like, I could see, I could see like when the girls are older, you and David watching it and having fun. No, I like watching it just kind of as a comfort show. It's just, it is good. Obviously, there are aspects of it that don't hold up or could be better. But overall, like, I wasn't mad about most of the episodes I watched. Like, I had issues, but it, for the most part, I just, like, felt good watching it, especially the Halloween episode. It's just oh my the God. best. Yeah, and, and also, I, like, there are some pretty good jokes. Like, there was the, like, yes! the writing kind of surprises me. So, yeah, I'm I definitely know. going to watch a bit. And you're right. Like, it's just that it's it's nice having those, like, comfort shows where you can put them on and you don't have to pay attention. But also, like, it just it just feels good. Yes, it does. It's just like a comfy blanket. And the kids were just so cute and talented, especially in those first couple seasons. I have to say, Corey's character started to get on my nerves as he got older. Like, I, yeah. I'm sorry, but he really did. As a, like, little baby kid, though, the funniest freaking kid. Like, some of the yeah. stuff they would do. Oh, and, like, he and Sean had, like, a secret handshake thing. And that was something they had in real life that they that did really cute. one day on the show. And it's – sorry, this is just, like, one last thing. It was something that the actor who played Sean talked about on the podcast that he does with um, Danielle Fischel and Will, that he and – Ben actually didn't really like connect at first like they didn't hate each other but they just like weren't really finding anything in common and it wasn't until like one day for whatever reason they had to do schoolwork together um, and they just like really bonded that day and they made up this like secret handshake and I think when one of the producers saw them do it they were like do that in the episode today like don't tell anybody you're gonna do it just do it and it's just, like, the cutest thing. It's, like, this that silly, really like, five-step handshake. And at the end, they do, like, some air guitar. Like, it's it's so cute. I, yeah, I remember that. Like, I remember the air yeah. guitar part. That's really cute that it, it was a real, a real bit. So go watch Boy Meets World if you're, if you need something, like, comfy and distracting. Support us on our coffee account, please, so that Sid can stop getting notifications that her bank balance <laughs> is too low. That'd be great. <laughs> and so I don't have to be traumatized. <laughs> it's sad for her. Oh, man. It's just, you know, it's just, it is what it is. Got to watch out for those $3 purchases. They'll get you. <laughs> They'll get you. You can follow us on Instagram at Ruining Our Childhood Pod. You can send us an email at Ruining Our Childhood Pod at gmail.com. Uh, will we have a website? Yeah, yeah. By the t- by, the time we actually post these, I'm sure we'll have a website. <laughs> so check that out and stuff. And I'll maybe get a pop filter so you don't have to hear my mouth sounds. And I'll maybe get a tumbler. You've reached Sid and Riley. We can't come to the phone right now, so leave a message after the beep. Ruining Our Childhood was filmed in front of a live studio audience. Psych. But it is produced by us, Riley and Cassidy. With music by Joseph Tuna Medish. You can follow us on Instagram at Ruining Our Childhood Pod. 
or send us an email at ruiningourchildhoodpod at gmail.com. Support the show through our coffee account, ko-fi.com slash ruiningourchildhoodpodcast. Later! And that's, that's it. That's Bye, it. Guys. Do we sign off anyone? I, I was like, <laughs> do we have it? No, I think it's just, but see ya. Nope. And cue the outro music. Bye.